Tyreek Hill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. How much does that hurt his dynasty stock along with Jalen Waddle? All that and more on this episode of the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am Kate Majuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And of course, as always, I'm joined by Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow. Never miss a beat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. Because, I mean, it, you need to keep up with the news. And you need to keep up with the news and how this news is so drastically impacting your dynasty teams, because we got a big trade this week, guys, and we want to we want to break everything down. Tyreek Hill traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. There's obviously huge, huge, huge ramifications, both on the Chiefs side and from the Miami Dolphins side. So let's let's start to talk about that. Marcus, what was your initial reaction? Were you surprised at all? Uh, yeah, I was because I just thought Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes and that offense was such a perfect fit. And I gotta be honest, Kate, I'm pretty bummed uh, as somebody who has Tyreek in a bunch of leagues. Like, I think this is a significant, a significant downgrade because for me, I was valuing him as the wide receiver three or wide receiver four in Dynasty. We've actually talked about this a bunch on the show because he was attached to a great quarterback and a great offense and his role was so locked in he was basically a lock for 90 total yards a game a pretty good bet to score touchdown and now what is he in miami i think he's still going to be good he's going to be effective but what do you think how far should we drop him because i saw him just a couple days ago on dynasty league football he was wide wide receiver six he's already dropped to wide receiver 10 do you think it's going to drop even further uh, I think he could. And I think a lot of that stems from volume concern, but I'm not totally convinced that it's uh, as big a downgrade as we should think it is. We know that Tyreek Hill is elite. We know he's a capable receiver downfield, more than capable. Uh, one of the most talented wide receivers down the field in the NFL. He's had the most by a very large margin, most 40 yard receiving touchdowns in the NFL 21 since the 2016 season. And next up is Tyler Lockett with 12. He has almost twice the number. Like we, we know that he can do damage downfield, but I think the really beautiful thing that we saw this year is that Tyree kill uh, doesn't necessarily need uh, all of that, that oomph on the ball. We saw a drop in his average depth, of target by almost two, uh, yards uh, over two yards from last season and guess what he he still put up 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns he can do it after the catch yeah he can but the, the problem is is the touchdowns right like we saw in 2020 he has 17 touchdowns 2018 when he played the full season 13 touchdowns unless Tua just turns into a superstar I, I have a hard time believing he's going to hit double digit touchdowns again is uh, Tua not was Tua not projected to be a superstar before this injury? Yes, but I, this is a this is a debate I have with myself all the time. Is how much? How is often it, do you debate yourself? A lot. I mean, listen, I'm home by myself all day long, so <laughs> it's just me and my dog. So I I think about all this kind of stuff. But it's like 
Tua was this elite prospect before the hip injury. Just how much has the hip injury kind of zapped some of the arm strength and athleticism? I don't know. And I don't know if it's ever going to come back. I, I mean, despite the fact that, uh, you know, he had this, uh, I think Tua has this reputation of not throwing the ball, like not being able to sling the ball, not being able to do any damage down the field at Alabama in his final season. He did lots of damage down the field, um, had 704 yards, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions on passes of 20 or more yards. And that was in nine games. Like that wasn't yeah. even a full season. He did lots of damage. Um, now, obviously, we've seen that that production decrease in the NFL post-injury. But, it, I, like, I, I think we would probably all agree that are any of the wide receivers that he played with, maybe outside of Jalen Waddell, who was still coming off of um, a, a pretty significant foot yeah. injury that we weren't yeah. even sure that he would be totally ready for the season. Um like, would you argue that he had adequate weapons to necessarily push the ball downfield? I mean, he did have now he does. Yeah, now he does. I mean, here's the best thing from a real life perspective for the Dolphins is this move is going to let you know for sure, definitively, definitively, if uh, Tua is the answer or not, right? Like, if Tua still struggles and he's not pushing the ball down the field and the offense is just kind of puttering along. They got to move on. But if this all of a sudden unlocks to it, then the trade is easily worth it tenfold, right? So that's why I love it for the Dolphins. I don't love it for Jalen Waddle, though, Kate, because Waddle's game last year was so predicated on volume, right? He had over 100 receptions. Uh, I think he could be a little bit more efficient with Tyreek now on the team. But do you worry about him just not seeing the same target volume that we saw last year? I do worry a little bit, but I think... Uh, I, I do think that the the efficiency is going to help him there. It, you know, Tua is a, like a very capable passer. Like he is able to deliver an accurate ball. Um, you know, I think Jalen Waddle, especially another season removed uh, from his injury, like this is going to be presumably a healthy team, a very healthy team coming into the 2022 season, uh, you know, offensive line up like there this Big entire team is just coming together and like you said that i mean the dolphins are going to know this season if tua is their future if he's not they have two first round picks next year to yep. to figure out what their next move is or, or move up or whatever they want to do but i mean tua like i don't think you know what you got out of him at number five uh, especially in the midst of this injury and his return from that injury until you do what they just did uh, and surround him with weapons. But yeah, I, I mean, like, I think the good thing about this, this entire off season for the Miami dolphins has been their investment in the past. Like what we saw, mm -hmm. uh, we saw minimal investment in the run. I don't think they're going to continue to chase the run like I, I they'll be fine pun, Mike on, Daniel pun be intended fine. They'll be, yeah they'll be fine there yeah they'll be fine but they didn't make the significant investment in the run that they did in the past with the yeah, Tyreek Hill trade I mean and it's not just a Tyreek trade like they they signed Mike Gusecki uh to a franchise yep. tag they brought back Durham Smythe their, their second tight end 
Uh, they paid Cedric Wilson. I mean, they they put a lot of weapons. They paid Teron Armstead, the best left tackle in free agency. They paid Connor Williams, a pretty good left guard. Like they are all in on trying to make this this offense better because they know if Tua isn't if they can't get Tua to develop into a franchise quarterback, they have no shot in the AFC. So they're doing everything to put the right pieces around him uh, to help him grow. And if he can't do it this year, they're going to move on. Um, one last question on the Dolphins before we move on. Just for this year, for 2022, who would you rather have, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, or Tyreek Hill? Just for 2022. Just for 2022. Oh, I think I still got to go with Tyreek. I, I, I think uh, just better. Um, I, I mean, a better knowledge base of what he brings. We know he has, uh, we've seen more versatility from his play in the NFL. I think their skill sets complement each other really well. Um, you're just getting two guys that, that can take it up a notch, make plays after the catch. Um, but I'll take Tyreek, who's just the more veteran sure. wide receiver. I'll take Waddle. I think he's an ascending star. And I think he's a little He is an bit- ascending star. I agree. I think he's a little bit better doing some of the stuff behind the line of scrimmage with the ball in his hands. I think Tyreek is the better route runner. He's the more polished receiver. I just kind of think if you're looking at Mike McDaniel and trying to figure out which guy best suits the Debo Samuel role, I think it's probably Waddle. Okay. We'll see. Uh, Am I crazy for thinking that Tyreek Hill is going to be like a middling wide receiver two this year my too low yep. I, I listen i love tyree but is that is that too low yep okay yep, that's yep, fine yep that's yep. fine uh i'll i'll be happy <laughs> to be wrong on that one uh all right let's uh let's take a quick break so i can tell you guys about bet online it's that time of year again as college basketball season and tournament season is finally upon us from all the latest odds contests and player props betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info Bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're going to talk about what the Chiefs are doing because I'm confused over there. But uh, one more thing on the Dolphins. So, they have Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. My guess is that Cedric Wilson is probably going to be their slot receiver. Uh, they've got a bunch of tight ends. It sounds like Devontae Parker, um, a former first-round pick who they signed to an extension last year, uh, could potentially be traded. Is there any spots that you see for Parker that would make sense? Are you still buying Devontae Parker? Do you believe in his talent? I believe in his talent. Um I like the one place that kind of uh, I would love to see him go to is pretty much out of the question unless he's cut because it's a divisional rival, but I keep going to the jets uh, and thinking he'd be a nice asset for Zach Wilson, a nice veteran presence, uh, you know, add, add some more weapons for this guy. Cause I do think that Devonte Parker, though he's not the flashiest name for fantasy, um, I do think that he's a wide receiver when you add him into the mix with Zach Wilson raises his floor just a bit, but 
not likely unless he's traded. I guess we didn't really talk about Tua either. Like, where sure. are you drafting Tua in a dynasty startup right now uh, in relation to the other quarterbacks? Um, I'm still pretty low. You're not? On Tua. I, yeah, I, I'm probably not. So currently in dynasty league football, Tua is quarterback 16. Quarterbacks going directly behind him. Uh, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Tom Brady. I mean, I would almost think I could, I would take all of those guys over to a. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, you were, you I, were such a two, a hater. I, I know. I listen. I love Tua coming out of the draft. I probably love Tua too much, but it's just I, what I've seen the last couple of years doesn't give me a lot of confidence. And I think the fact that they did bring in Teddy Bridgewater and paid him, I mean, not pennies, right? I think they're going to have a quick trigger because I think Mike McDaniel wants to win. Um, Quarterback again, quarterback. 16. Yeah, and Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback to do that. No, I, I listen. I 100 percent agree. But can he give you competent quarterback play? Yes. So can Tua. Uh, yeah, I hope you're right, Kate. I, I really, really hope I'm, you're right because I like, want this so offense to. to it succeed. is. I've said it before. For the amount of pride that dynasty managers hold in themselves for having this long-term mentality when it comes to football analysis. Like we are some of the most short-sighted, uh, and and like, absolutely we are. There's no doubt. It <laughs> the recency bias. I it's just so so bizarre. Um, I I don't disagree. It's so. Let me ask you this: Is quarterback sixteen too low for Tua? I think so. Okay, so um, let's go. I, I let's mean, go. you've got a guy. Obviously, he wasn't drafted number one overall. Which why would he be coming off of that catastrophic hip injury? Um, you know. He has the potential to be a franchise guy, put weapons around him. Like, I mean, this kind of mimics the situation he had in Alabama, fill him with playmakers. And, you know, he's, he's going to bounce back. I, 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 I hope you're right. Cause I just think the NFL is going to be better. The more franchise quarterbacks we have. And if that offense, as if, if we need more competent quarterback, we don't need more quarterbacks in the AFC though. Uh, so, I disagree. Is that ah. NFC, somebody who roots for an NFC team? I disagree. Uh, can I just say about back to Devontae Parker? I'd love to see him in Chicago. I want Justin Fields to succeed. Mm. So give him a, a, a guy that can kind of do the Allen Robinson role. You still have Darnell Mooney. I just don't love the rest of the receivers there. And I think Parker would be an upgrade over what they had last year. Uh, a huge upgrade, yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about some other big news. Uh, While well, the Chiefs traded away, uh, Tyreek Hill, obviously, uh, and they signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling to a three-year $30 million deal with $18 million <laughs> guaranteed. Uh, they also signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year deal. Uh, they signed Corey Coleman, the former Browns and Giants receiver. Before we even get into each one of these guys, what are the Chiefs thinking right now, Kate? I don't know. And if you're Patrick Mahomes, you've got to be a little, uh, a little peeved. Uh, I'm not even going to get into the Marquez Valdez Scantling contract versus Juju Smith Schuster. Not even going to touch that because I don't think you guys want to hear my. I oh, we're getting there. Don't. I, wanna, I can't wait to get into it. Oh my good god. Um, but like, I mean, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm wondering. Like, I have an aging. Travis Kelsey, who's still 
as an aging yeah. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the NFL, if not the best. But I, I mean, you're you're dismantling this entire process. And it, just when you finally got like the offensive line together, your defense was looking so solid. Dismantling the offense in this way, I, I, I mean, not not great, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. You are in a Super Bowl window with Patrick Mahomes. And I know I said that on Twitter the other day, and people said they're well, they're obviously they're gonna be in a Super Bowl window for the next decade with Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that's true. But you are in peak Patrick Mahomes, right? In this prime with Tyreek or with Travis Kelsey, you know, at the still the twilight of his career. You've got Andy Reid. Who knows how much longer Andy Reid's gonna be the coach there? Why not go for it? You were a play away last year from going to the Super Bowl for the third straight season. Why dismantle that offense unless you have big plans to do something else and go out and get somebody else or change your offense? I don't really know if Mark Elsbitt, Valdez Scantling, and Juju Smith Schuster are good enough replacements, Kate. No, and I, I don't I don't think they are. And um although you know what I, I do think this this narrative is interesting too because we saw sort of the Packers do the same thing with Devonte Adams dismantle their entire receiving core. Uh, and they really haven't even replaced it just yet. Uh, and I, I don't really feel like we're having the same con- uh, discussion about um, obviously we're all asking what the Packers are doing, but I, I feel like we haven't addressed uh, what does the Packers doing do for uh, Aaron Rodgers, like his MVP odds didn't move no. whatsoever after dismantling their whole offense. And we've actually seen some odds movement, you know, in, in terms of their, um, you know, it, it's a more competitive division, but uh, their Super Bowl odds decrease. Like we we saw odds movement for the Chiefs, yeah. which I think it's interesting that we didn't see odds movement for the Packers uh, when yep. they were, yep. they're in very similar situations, but that's another podcast too. I'm just on lots of tangents today, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes, what does this do for him as a a fantasy quarterback? Because he has been uh, sort of locked and loaded. We've, we've gone back and forth, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Does this tip the scale in favor of Josh Allen for QB one? That's a really, really good question. Um, No, not for me. I, I still trust Patrick Mahomes more to be a consistent game in and game out passer. Josh Allen, I think the ceiling is going to be a little bit higher week to week because of the rushing ability, but I just trust that Mahomes is going to get 300-ish yards and at least two passing touchdowns a game, and that's incredibly valuable. And that safety in the floor is really good, and I think the Chiefs will figure it out. Andy Reid has had amazing offenses before Tyree Kill. He's going to have amazing off- offenses afterwards. Are they going to be – as dynamic as they were in their peak, maybe not, but I still think it's going to be fine. So yeah, I'm still rocking with Mahomes as my QB one. Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill on the field, higher completion percentage, more yards per pass attempt, higher passer rating. Your wide receivers are are gaining more separation with Tyreek Hill on the yeah. field, which makes sense, right? It all makes sense, but does it matter for fantasy? I we'll think marginally enough to to edge Allen out as QB1. I think it's also important to wait a little bit here because the Chiefs have some other moves coming. They have two first-round picks. They have two second-round picks. 
while it's not an elite receiver class, I think you can get some really good players at the end of the first round. Uh, we've talked about a couple of these guys on the show. Uh, Chris Olave. I don't think Garrett, Garrett Wilson will fall that far. Jameson Williams from Alabama. We'll see about Traylon Burks and Drake London. But they're guys in this class that if the Chiefs take them at 29, I'll feel excited about. And I'll get back into the offense being really, really good. So I'm I'm okay there. I want to talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster and their and their current dynasty value because I find it fascinating, Kate. Uh, but before we do that, let's tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us. We are sticking to ours to eat better thanks to Built Bar. Most Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They've got so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. Uh, if you think you do you have an idea for a good flavor, let them know. They might make it. They've made flavors for us before. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Kate, let's uh, let's talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling and, uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And we might as well talk a little bit about uh, McCall Hardman as well. First and foremost, without talking about rankings, which one do you want for the 2022 season? Juju. It's that quick, that easy for you. It's ex- I like maybe I'm literally just blinded, but just as a reminder to everybody, Juju Smith-Schuster is not with the Steelers anymore. Um, like I'm a huge Juju Smith-Schuster fan, and that's because I've spent the years watching him, and I think that. Uh, Like he is hands down one of the just he's a playmaker. Um, He's he's a reliable wide receiver. I think everybody looks back to the fumble that cost them the playoffs a couple of years ago. But all in all, like when you're in need of a first down, I don't know that there are a ton of wide receivers that I'd want to throw to outside of Juju. He's he's just a very solid, dependable target. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to see that we've already seen the ceiling is uh where did he rank uh in in 2018 wide receiver five yeah around there right he had that massive massive season playing opposite of antonio brown um this one's tricky for me kate because i in some cases i believe with you i i i side with you because you know juju has been the more productive receiver in the career he's the guy they went out and got first he's going to be playing in the slot but my gut tells me to follow the money here, right? They gave Marquez Valdez-Scantling three years, $30 million with $18 million guaranteed. When you compare that to Juju's deal, which is like $3 million guaranteed, and it's really like a one-year, $5 or $6 million deal, it tells you that they believe Valdez-Scantling is the better player, and he's probably going to be the guy making plays down the field. I wouldn't be surprised, though. If by the time we get to redraft season, by the time we get closer to the NFL season, if all of these guys are a little bit overrated, even McCall Hardman, who is currently wide receiver, I believe 64. Uh, yeah, wide receiver 64. Valdez Scantling, wide receiver 77. That'll jump up a, bot, a bunch. But I wouldn't be surprised if all of these guys are a tad overrated. Okay, so I, 
in the last few seasons. All right. We've seen Marcus Valdez Gantling obviously be playing uh between or playing behind Devontae Adams. And yet he still never really clearly emerged as that his Correct. own team's wide receiver, too. It's not that they had uh, a very competitive, you know, a, a, very fair point. You know, it, that that concerns me 100%. He played 59 games over the last four years. And Marcus, he has had eight total wide receiver one performances. Eight total throughout his career so far. And that's playing across from Devontae Adams, which like, Rogers, we can yeah. say we can attribute all of, um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster's success to Antonio Brown. Why wasn't Marquez Valdez-Scantling doing the same thing opposite Devontae Adams? Now, that's what may, I get. And maybe that's the reason why Valdez-Scantling left, because it sounds like the Packers made a very similar offer, but maybe MVS just wanted a different quarterback, one that maybe trusted him more, gave him more opportunities, and that's why he went with Mahomes. I don't know. It, it's something I mean, to at least think Juju, about. I mean, we've seen Juju, like, riddled, riddled with injuries, um, and – He's he's just been you know a a more productive and uh, a more high end wide receiver. Like the ceiling is higher, I think the floor is higher. I I just I I don't really. I think understand. that he's certainly the safer option. Like I think we've talked about this before, but like would seventy catches for a thousand yards be shocking for you this year for Juju? Absolutely not. But I just don't know if he has the ceiling of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? Couldn't you see Valdez-Scantling having, you know, just kind of developing to the deep threat receiver and being the guy that scores nine touchdowns and that kind of stuff? I mean, I can see Juju Smith-Schuster doing that. So here's, like, here's the thing. We're going to have Marquez Valdez-Scantling turning 28 this year. 28. Like, how often do we see the age 28 breakout for a wide receiver? Juju Smith-Schuster's already broken out. He's been riddled with injury. He's been on a crap offense. He's been with a quarterback that can't throw further than five yards down the field. Uh, he'll be turning 26 this year. He's two years younger than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, their their dynasty value is not even comparable to me. I Like, I'm just so enraged by this conversation. All right, so I'm, I'm going to walk off. Here, now, here we go. We, we got a bet then. How about a Twitter avatar bet between uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling? The uh, the winner gets to pick the other's Twitter profile picture for a week. Okay. Okay. Deal? I like that. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll like take I, MBS here. I oh, like Juju, yeah. though. I, I, I think Juju's going to be a, a really good NFL player for them. I just don't know if the production's going to match his importance. That's all. People are so goofy. You're a goof. <laughs> uh that's a good show today. We got uh, we got into some heated debates. I know people probably don't hear us argue enough, so there you go, guys. Uh, enjoy. Uh, we <laughs> thought we argued about Waddle, Tua, Tyreek, <laughs> Juju. So uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, I'm all right. stressed after this podcast. Yeah, that's My good. Lord. That's good means we just had a good show. So yeah, uh, that is it for today's show. On Monday, I'm I'm saying to our listeners right now, Monday we are talking about Jahan Dotson from Penn State. We've been meaning to do this for multiple weeks now, but NFL news keeps getting in the way. Monday at Jahan Dotson deep dive where you should be looking to draft him in your in your rookie drafts 
Uh, what's his upside? What's his player comp? All that stuff coming up on Monday's show. You can follow the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check us out on YouTube at Lockdown Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you guys next time.